We're live. Yes, we are. Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. Hey, it's me, um, the guy trying to start his own sex cult. Does anybody know anybody? Jason Smith. <laughs> We're the pod that tells you all about shows we love and we want you to love. Yep, and plus we download you on the streaming wars, what to stream, and where to stream it. So, Cliffy Boy, what are you watching these days? <laughs> I have, uh, <laughs> I had a little, um... Uh, uh, binge, I guess. I mean, you know, I feel like now binge, binge used to be a terrible word because it was like associated with an eating disorder Mm -hmm. and I have a watching disorder Mm -hmm. because I've watched so much. I mean, the best thing I've watched so far is uh, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. You Here, I'm going to, here, while we do this, I want to just, I'm going to put this out behind us so we can, we can uh, see what's going on. But talk to me about The Queen's Gambit because I actually started the show. I'm, I'm, I'm only a couple episodes in, but uh, I really am enjoying the show. Okay, I think it's one of the better things on TV right now. It is Scott Frank who did Godless. And I had, look, I liked Godless. I did not love Godless. There's a reason I think, I don't know if it was a limited series, but it definitely wasn't renewed. Uh-huh. Um, it was like a town Talk to me about women. Godless for a second. I don't remember Godless. It was a Western, Town of All Women. Oh, yes, yes, I do remember that, yep. Yeah, and I think it had uh, a really, like one of my, what was that? Scott Jeff Daniels, Daniels in it. Right, and Scoop McNary. And Jeff, there was one of the one of the guys is like, I already saw how I die. <laughs> yeah, Scoop you don't McNary. kill me. Yeah, Scoop McNary's in there, little uh, Sam Watterson in there. Yeah, they had a sick cast. Like, and it was good. It just I, I had a lot of problems with it in the sense of there were a, a lot of holes. And I don't really you know, because when I look at a guy like Scott Frank, who is obviously one of the more talented people in the business. You know, I should only make a show that's as good as Godless, you know what I mean, with the holes in it, because Mm -hmm. he was obviously priming to make this show, which is like, if TV were Oscars, this would be an Academy Award. You know, this is, Mm -hmm. to me, all the, you know, they use that term I saw in uh, something, Emmy-drenched. This should be Emmy-drenched. I've never seen a a lead like this on a, what's her name? Oh, yeah. Did you Uh, look up names? No. I do. I have have names here. Hold on. I love it. Right. So the lead, and I guess she was in Emma. Yeah, this is Anna Anna Taylor Joy. Right, Anna Taylor Joy. She's uh, you know, listen, I don't know what she is, American or British or Swedish. She is like Kate Blanchett level. She is she is Ar- American, Argentinian, and British. But I, um, yeah. Wow. And has she been other than Emma? Uh, was there anything else we know her from? I don't um, know. She was in Split. Uh, and she was the main character in both of those M night Shyamalan movies split and, uh, glass. Wow. She's good. I mean, holy crap. So this thing is about a child prodigy, a chess player who is raised in an orphanage. Uh, she's orphaned at like nine years old in one of these, uh, Christian Protestant orphanages that were serving tranquilizers to kids. They get her hooked early, but she's a a prodigy. She's a gifted gifted. She's like a female Bobby Fisher. And I don't know how Scott Frank did it because it's based on a novel and it is not a true story. It is not a true story, but they're using real chess people. I believe in the, well, I know they've referenced a few of them. Yeah. Right. And then they had a lot of fictional players. So I wonder if like Scott Frank and his other creator were going through the actual games because listen, here's the thing. When you know, it's a great show. If you don't know anything about chess, you're enjoying the matches. You don't mm-hmm. know B2 to Rook four and queen and your Rook, you're castling. No one knows what the hell's going on. It's like right. watching ER. You just know stat, right? Someone's going to like, someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose this lead put aside all the supporting cast which is which are flawless the, the lead in her eyes she doesn't move much by the way Mm-mm. have you noticed she doesn't it's a it's a really interesting kind of you know <laughs> i i'm not going to say the word all the way but remember how in um tropic thunder you know they mm-hmm. had the 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 yep. whole thing the yep. the slow know. boy jacket and you don't want to go full r right she's right. not going full r Right. She's doing that perfect Oscar level of kind of yes. like just between she's almost <laughs> like, you know, on the spectrum, but right. she's a genius. And, you know, they, they touch upon the, uh, the thing that Bobby Fisher had. And I think a couple of other uh, chess players had um, 
the uh, where you see patterns in everything. Right. Right. Beautiful the, mind. Yeah. Kind exactly. of feel to it. That's what kind of when you started talking about like this being one of those movies, it, it's not it's by no means a beautiful mind. I think this is actually a lot better so far than a beautiful Me mind too. was. But it's got that kind of sense of you have this character who's got this, uh, you, you know, their mind and what's going on inside there is so important, you know. And on top of that, you have I'm not, and I'm only a couple episodes in, and I want to I'm going to get through all these before I want to talk deep about it. Right. But the, the drug addiction, you can see that this is going to play a big role throughout the rest of this this yes. show. So in in addition to having this kind of autistic or kind of spectrumy kind of feel to it, she's also very bright and in in it's to a certain point very funny. But also, um, you know, addicted and, well, and yeah. suffering through that. And, you know, also, Jason, I was thinking a lot about you and the things you like when you watch stuff and, and how similar we are in the sense of like they do the thing that they, in this show, even though it's a much higher stakes than, let's say, Ted Lasso in the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. What they do is where these things that normally would be a season long conflict that, oh, no, is now they're going to be a conflict between her and the mother and the uh, and then you're like, nope, they already worked that out. Yep. Let, and they move right through it, get even through though it, to it the might next be a one. horrific thing. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, let's, let's, let's face this, you know, and it's, it's part of like, uh, what I real when I started really appreciating this and see, seeing shows start doing it was with Breaking Bad. You know, mm-hmm. there are, there are a lot of episodes of Breaking Bad that could be season long arcs, like one episode they had to deal with. And they're like, nope, let's just kill that guy and move on. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, right, we're, we're not going to leave you with a pit in your stomach for another three weeks. No, we're going to, we're going to make this thing happen. And I think that that's, you know, and it's a little bit of that improv stuff. Like, let's push through the easy part. Like, you can't, don't sit there with a scene and have a gun for the entire scene and never shoot anybody. Shoot somebody at the beginning and see what deal, deal with the, the, the humor of the show, story from there. And that's what this, what this feels like it's doing. It's pushing through. Yes, get it's out. pushing through. Yeah. And, and you know, what else I think that they did is very smart is it's a limited series. They mm-hmm. only did seven episodes. I think we're seeing more of this because what's happening now with the limited series, you know, what you get to do is you're a writer director, you're making a seven hour movie. Yeah. You tell a story yep. and it's, it's actually kind of nice. I mean, as much as I, I, you know, Ted Lasso's great. I want to, I want more seasons of that and I can have that forever. One great season of the Queen's Gambit is worth it to me. Like now I have this big movie. Right. I can watch it, this movie again. I don't have to watch this series <laughs> and a whole bunch of seasons that, that, that dilute the impact of that season. Yeah, you know, that's really, really well said. And also, there's something about this show, and I can't put my finger on it exactly, and it was not at all in Godless, even with the cast that they had, which was like Oscar winning and, you know, and Jeff right. Daniels, Sam uh, Sam Elliott, right? I mean, <laughs> come on. So, so this is what I'm saying. So Scott Frank is obviously, you know, top tier, right? Right. What was I saying? Because there's just a reason I brought that up. Talking about how great this was and, and how different, oh. you know, what I got a feeling of when I watched this, which I did not get with Godless, was a feeling of uh, prestige. Like I was watching The Crown. Right. I felt like there was a, a, a level of money even that was being spent. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't there, it felt like it. It felt like the acting. It felt like everyone had already won Oscars. Right. And you were just watching all this brilliance play out in these big sets in front of you. And you're like, oh my God, this is... This is really top level. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I think that there's something there. I also think there's something to the way that the cadence of the conversations go. It's not a Miss Maisel by any means, but it has a feeling like, you know, everybody kind of know, you know, you got those like sly little grins and you see these little connections that feel like in that same mode where everybody seems connected and knows what they're doing together. The, the cast feels very comfortable with each other. And so yes. in the same way that like with the Maisel, it's like, but here it's like, it's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to this show and the rhythm to the way people talk and interact with each other. They, um, and, and maybe it's because the guy from the second episode when they're at the, um, at the state championships mm-hmm. kind of is kind of winking and nodding, gave me a very big like uh, uh, Lenny Bruce vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause he's kind of cool and winking and like sees right. the kid and is like very proud of her and like just kind of like the good looking guy. Yeah. The good looking dude. Wait, he has a very interesting arc. Okay. And and that's the other thing I like as you get through this, and, and we're not going to do spoilers here, you know, just because Jason hasn't seen it. And it's new. <laughs> I want everybody right. to be able to see I it. I want everybody to enjoy it um, because it's really worth your time as far as what's on TV. And, and they make it also, I, I mean, you get very emotionally involved. I mean, I cried a bunch. I was laughing and I, I really gave a crap about the matches. Yeah. I, I was having fun. Like, I was like, let's do this. I don't know <laughs> what they're winning. I, I love it when she just, so. I just love it when anybody can be up. Um, mate in three done. And you're like, you're like, 
Yeah. But also, you know, when you realize like, because what they do with this that I think is so, so genius. And I, I think it's not just in the writing or just in the directing or, you know, the special effects. It, it, it's everything, the synergy of everything that comes together. They have this way of making you understand how chess is so simple to her. And then they'll pull it back and they'll be like, oh, no, chess is super complicated. The fact right. that she can do any of this is unbelievable. Right. And then they go really into it and they're like, oh, no, she can just figure that out because she's memorized every Sicilian defense and every. And you're like, nope, it's too hard. And right. they keep going in and out of it. And you're like, OK, I, I, I get this. This is maddening. Yeah, it's insane. And you could just you could feel for everybody on this show and like that. Yeah, uh, and also the world politics, you know, yeah. they're dealing with Russia in the 60s. You know, and uh, they're going to the Mexico City. They're going to Paris. I mean, it's a, it's really a, the scope on it is rather large. Yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so we'll highly recommend. That, that's a highly recommend. That's must watch. That's a, that's a clap. That's a. <laughs> yeah, that is so a much you. watch. Congratulations to everyone on the Queen's Gambit and Netflix again. Screw you. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I got some breaking news for you. Just you off, hot off the presses. I love this. Keith Raniere, our friend from The Vow, has just mm. been sentenced to 120 years in prison. Wait, where's my, where's my clap? My clap, by the way. Excellent. <laughs> <Excellent>. 120 <laughs> years. What did I say? Was I right? Don't fuck with the feds is what you I, said. Yeah, I said he's going to get multiple life sentences. Yep, so 120 years. <laughs> uh, basically that's, you know, and if you want to get through all the it's different garbage. things, that's, that's trafficking. That's, um, that's, uh, let's do you see, have I'll a just, breakdown. Yeah, I do have it all. Oh, let's, let's hear the breakdown because this guy deserves every moment we're going to spend, uh, talking about how long he's going to rot in jail. So it, then there's more to this cause there's probably a lot of little things, but we're talking racketeering, sex trafficking and sexual exploit, sexual exploitation of a child and human trafficking. So, uh, there's a difference between sex trafficking and human trafficking. I'm not sure what that is, but it is there. there it is. And it has a lot to do with probably shipping between Canada and America, recruiting people. Yep. I mean, thank God, honestly. Thank God that that's what they gave. Look, this is going to be appeals uh, for the next hundred. If anyone knows how to do the paperwork on this in appellate courts and appeals, this guy is going to be their worst nightmare. Yeah. And there's some definitely some weird stuff. So he's definitely, you know... He's doing, I'm going to play you something that I found um, that he was saying, and it's really interesting uh, because, because I went deep down a rabbit hole with this, this weekend. So we'll get into it. Go. Yeah. So basically he was saying, and I'll, I'll see if I can find the quote, the quote again, but basically he's been, ba he's been on, he, his comment to all this stuff was basically, yeah, I hate that I'm the founder of something that was so bad. I definitely was innocent, but I'm, I'm, my due process has been affected and and that was kind of his thing like I, I i regret that i was part of a of a thing that caused this much pain however i didn't do anything and who did uh, yeah yeah he's like I, he, well, he, pre who? he presented himself as a member of this thing not actually the perpetrator of everything that is evil so he was pretty vanguard gross. yeah so all of a sudden he was he was just a part of it and he's, it really he really hated he because for all he said like for all intents and purposes i'm the founder but um, you know, I, I regret that all this hurt came to everybody, but if, whether you're the devil, whether you're perceived as the devil or an angel, you deserve the due process. So he's trying to get out of it there. There's, there are five people called the Nexium five, um, who are his stone cold supporters. Right. And so that includes the one that lady from, uh, the, Nancy Salzman. Uh, no, Nancy's in jail. So these are people that are out and are speaking about, um, about him in, in terms of like he's his innocence so oh like they talk about the the pedophile guy from the uh, mormon uh, you know polygamist church right exactly the these are the these are the protectors these are the guy the, um, one of them's the lady from battlestar galactica um her, no uh, yeah who's also married to allison mack now it's now that's, no. yeah uh, they're basically saying he was you know unfairly convicted so allison mack has come out now as a lesbian um well that i mean I don't know if she's how she particularly but she she's not binary, but she's yeah, she's definitely she's married to this lady. Um, and let me see if I can. So, Wait, but Allison Mack hasn't been sentenced, right? No, she's the only one. Um, she's still Salzman and Mack have both school. been. Um, they've both pleaded guilty to racketeering charges, and they're both waiting sentences. Max uh, up for says twenty to forty years is kind of where she's sitting right now. 
yeah, Nikki Klein, who admits to also being a part of OS, vocalized her continued support uh, for Ranieri. Um, she and four other members who have dubbed themselves the Nexium Five claim that he is a victim of prosecutorial misconduct wow. in a petition recently delivered to the court ahead of Tuesday's sentencing. Mark Elliott is another one. Who? Of that. Mark Elliott is another, is another one of those people who are, are supporting Ranieri. I mean, you know, listen, Manson had supporters too. Yeah. You know, every psychopath, you know, that does this has supporters. You know, these people are, um, listen, I think they like the fame as much as Keith. Mm-hmm. And uh, they like the notoriety. They like being talked to and looked at. And, and whether they're hated, they don't care. No. Nope. Well, I mean, it's that whole thing. Like, you know, when you start, when you establish an identity in a group and a, and a position and a side, you can't, nothing you can do is going to, to, to move them over. You could, you, the more fighting and the more, it's like a, you know, one of those uh, Chinese finger traps, right? right? The more you pull against it, the harder the, the resistance is. Yeah. You're not going to just pull out. You're like, you have to, you have to think, you have to think of some other way. Like if you have somebody in your life that you want to change their mind, the worst thing you can do is come at them. Right. Right. Um, you know, and agree. And um, because that's going to that's just going to harden their stance in something, especially if you're polarized on the belief. So I don't think you're going to get these people to change because they didn't feel like they were doing anything wrong in the first place or they're just so deep entrenched into it all. They don't care. I mean, it's very, very, very um, you know, sad. It is. To be honest. It's, uh, well, it also shows, you know, there's a certain part when it, it shows character of those people. Right. That these mm. these people were looking for a good reason to do whatever that is they're doing. And now they have a, a perfect opportunity and they, they, they don't feel guilty for it. They feel like what they're doing is just and correct. Well, I think also what you're looking at is someone who wants to take over the leadership position there, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and like, because you know, the infrastructure is there and they probably have a lot of people who still think that, Oh, this is not a sex club. Right. Cult. Right. They learned so much. And, and that <laughs> kind of brings me to the, the next thing I wanted to talk about with everybody, mm-hmm. because it is, you know, is I'm just going to, is seduced right so seduced came out on stars a couple weeks ago it's also about nexium um it's a very different part of the story and you can understand why based on this one why um the vow was vow set up the way it is and this one's set up the way it is this one follows the story of india who is a very important character in the vow but not the crux of it all this one really shows you what's going on this one shows you really what keith was saying some of the disgusting things he was saying and supporting also really got into India's story. And I don't think it's a, and I don't think it's a story that clears India of what she did so much as this is a story about a victim. I don't feel like the story around uh, Mark was about a victim. I think that's the story of a whistleblower. Okay. Let's get, let's get into that right there. Um, Yes. I agree with you. I found, because I want to, before I forget you bringing up Mark, the stuff, the footage that is in Seduced. So I, I've watched both episodes that are available right now. Me too. Okay, Hooked, by the way. Um, I like it much better than The Vow. Yep, me too. Okay. That being said, the footage that I saw of Mark Vicente in Seduced makes him reprehensible. Yep. The way he's rubbing her back and cajoling and pulling her in. And it's, and the way, uh, I mean, you really saw his full level of, you know, involvement. It's like Goebel coming out and being like, no, I didn't really do anything. I'm going to make a documentary against Hitler. Right. Well, you know, there's, there's that part of it. There's also the part that he, that's really not brought in the vows, how much money he was bringing in. Oh my God. He was one of the only people making money. And not just, not just money, like throw it up. Like you can, you know, you didn't need to have a sex cult because you could just go to the strip club and make it rain kind of money. Like. You could buy out whatever you needed to do. Millions and millions off of these recruitment. Um, the the there's a, there's a story in there that the, one of the ones that caught me the hardest, mm-hmm. not because it was the most disgusting story or anything, was just the story of India trying to go work out of country, right? So she's basically doing an unpaid internship. Well, at so the Nexium. mom calls her. Wait. So let's oh. get into it. the mom. You know, and this mom. She listen. Uh, she I didn't realize that. she was famous. By the oh, way, I'm sorry I didn't watch Dynasty oh or any God, of that stuff. So, I and no she's idea. royalty, but so huge. Like she was on the cover of this and that. Like she was one of the biggest stars in the world. Yep. I mean, I was a you. You know, who didn't have a crush on her? You yeah. know, and then she I, obviously I didn't because I didn't know so. who she was. 
Uh, but then I saw her and it's like, yeah, I would have. I would have had a crush on her. <laughs> I mean, by the way, you still do. You yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, anyone should have those jeans at what is she, however old she is, right? Yeah. I mean, she looks 38 years She's old. amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was, but okay. But what she doesn't do is shy away from the fact that she brought her child into this. You know, she gives her reasoning for it, you know, her justification, but she takes full responsibility. Right. And she doesn't shy away from it. No. She made two, two documentaries. And on top of it, she's the reason he's in jail. Yep. So when I look at what Indy is doing, right, do I think it's a hagiography to a degree? I do. But I think it's much more deserved. Right. Right. You know, her mom got her out and she deserves immunity for everything they gave because there's right. no case without her. Right. And I, and, and I agree. And I think that to a point with this one, it's, you're telling a story from the inside of a person who's actually been affected, who actually acknowledges that they were completely convinced to do the things that they weren't supposed to do. From the other side, you're talking to a guy who, you know, even with his wife and stuff who didn't really participate in those pieces, you're talking to a guy who did the bad things. Not a person sleep in a dog bed and then right. acted like you can't talk about it. It's too soon. Right. That same story was told in this one at the beginning. They didn't just, they just didn't use the names. Right. And it was, which was really interesting because the, the, the whole story feels different when it's, you know, when they're not so there to be like, much. yeah, it's the same story. In fact, he was a lighter version of the story. They just said she had to sleep on the floor, but you know, at the same time, you know what stories we tell. I will say this. I am glad I watched the vow because watching this seduced, it's so much easier to understand where everything is and kind of place everything in the continuity of, or not even continuity, but kind of like the logistics of their setup and what Nexium was. And so now I hear this is like, okay, I can place this over here. I know what this is. I don't have to re remind myself what SOP means or DOS means. I just kind of know it. Now I get to see what these things actually were. Looking at SOP, right. uh, the, the, that was the, the, the protectors. Wow. Holy shit, man. Wow. Like not just the one with the females, but like, like just like this, this aggressive, overtly masculine kind. Like none of this at, the, at a certain point feels like leadership training at all. No, it this was male toxicity to desensitize females into whatever Keith wanted to do with them. Yep. That was all and, it was. And to convince was, the men that it's okay for them to be that way. Right. You're like just this, tapping into your prime. I could make a baby rapable. Yeah. Or you know, and just even the stuff like That's a guy. A um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can uh, just give me a chance. I could make a, ba a baby very rapable to you. Like yeah. Keith Rainier. Yeah. And then the um, other pieces were just kind of that idea is like, well, man gets home and he wants to fuck. He doesn't care. He's going to grab whatever it is, whether it's a, his wife or another person or a baby or a child or whatever. He just wants to fuck it. And oh, wait, how about talking about abuse? He well, yeah, well, even to go. Well, even there he goes. And then and the thing is, then you feel better. And, and you know what? They they enjoyed it. Well, they enjoyed that you said, took them. Wait, can I jump in? Yeah. yeah. What do you, what got me? So, I mean, everything disturbed me so deeply but the one thing that got me was where he said he said the child the, the older person having sex with the child the child enjoys it until society tells the child oh, that yeah. something happened to them right and so therefore it's society abusing the child right. yeah or crying or complaining or feel or making somebody else feel guilty that's where the abuse lies right right the abuse Not lies in in what the adult did huh. no but in the the person making them feel guilty for the act or yeah talking yeah, about Right, or, or the person making the child feel like, oh, no, that was wrong. You should That's feel bad about something you used to feel good about. Right. I, I mean, right there you want to, and you, you look out at the crowd, and they're all sitting there, and they look a little shocked, but they look fucking brainwashed. Right. Well, and I think that we, and that's part of this whole thing, this whole process, right? You, you put people in, you, you kind of slowly shock them until, like, this feels theoretical, maybe at first. You're like, you have to justify it in your brain. Like, he's just being theoretical. He's not really meaning in this stuff. It has to be some sort of metaphor for something else. When it's not, it's it's literally. He's really the, talking about having sex with children. He's re, but yeah, and 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 he and he really does a wonderful job of because he also is like even in the, the whole sentencing thing, like I was just saying, like he's the one that's willing to say like, yeah, I was bad and this was unfortunate and you know all that, but at the same time, you know, he didn't do anything. Yeah. So here, here's just a quick, one more yeah, quick uh, thing. He, he said in his interview, I'm innocent, and although it is, this is a horrible tragedy with many, many people being hurt, I think the main thrust of this has been the oppression, uh, but a really different issue, which is hard for me to express. There is a horrible injustice here, and whether you think I'm the devil or not, justice has not served its purpose. 
I, I mean, okay, whatever the injustice is, I, I couldn't even... I couldn't even begin to fathom what his narcissistic, psychopathic mind thinks the injustice was toward no. him. No, no, not at all. No. I, okay, but wait, one other thing before we launch off this is, like I said, I went down a rabbit hole. In this documentary, they mention, which they did not mention really at all in The Vow, you know, another whitewash, um, there are four deaths tied mm. to Nexium. Two they suicides. Had the, one, the, the one disappearance, right? That, well, he yeah, says that just, person's old. Go ahead. No, no. They, I remember there's the one they talk about in this one so far, which is they, it was a death or a suicide, but they um, are trying to say that she's still alive and that was all just made up. Well, they can't find the body. And right. in her suicide note, it says, don't bother looking for my body. Mm. So I went and I watched Frank's, the Frank blog, blog or whatever. He no. has a documentary on ID that came out in 2019 and it's all about the four women who died. Oh, wow. Two who died from cancer who he is proposing that Keith was dosing them slowly and slowly to give them both cancer, and two, that allegedly committed suicide, one that Keith Rainier started a relationship with when she was 14 in Albany. Jesus. And he was like 25 or 24. 14. And the sister saw Keith Rainier jumping out the window when she walked in there one night when the kid was 14. And he continued to have sex with her, I guess, until however old. And at 30 years old, she allegedly killed herself like Kurt Cobain with the shotgun. And they tried to do the reenactment and with a, a girl the same exact... Not, arms not even close to long enough, I bet you. Couldn't pull the trigger. Could not pull the trigger. And it was very weird. The gun... You see I'm wearing... I'm going to back up from the mic for a second. See, I'm wearing this cardigan that zips like this. Mm -hmm. So she put the shotgun underneath the zipper into her mouth. Like what? Like she was cold and she wanted to like yeah. warmed up before she blew her head yeah, off. Nothing like cold <laughs> steel against the chest too. For right, your, that's yeah. the second girl. The first girl was a, a lesbian who was married by the way. And Keith Raniere had inappropriate sex with her, which they proved in this Frank thing you know, for TV proof and had a baby with her. And she's somewhere in Mexico with the baby is the story. And she okay. never died. And the whole story of how she died in the suicide note is ridiculous. So there's so much. And by the way, did you see the, um, the, um, the footage of Keith Ranieri admitting that he said people killed for his beliefs? No, I didn't see that footage. That's in the Frank documentary. Oh, wow. He's like, I've, I've had people killed for my beliefs. I mean, he says it flat out in this, like he's threatening. Right. He definitely is one of those people who thought like he's got all the power. There's a lot yeah. more going on here, man. Wow. Yeah. A lot more going on. Oh my goodness. Well, he's gone. He'll be gone for 120 years at least. And, you know, depending on his uh, energy with, uh, and how blocked he is, maybe he can, maybe he can outlive it. You know, he's. <laughs> The world's smartest man. That that also cracked me up. He he was the he got a, a placement in the Guinness Book of World Records as the smartest man for some sort of IQ Hoffin. test that was Hofin yeah. H O E F I N test. Did you do any research we, on this? I, no, because it's. I, I was like, you know what? No, I'm not even doing any research. It was in one edition in 1987 or in 89 in mm -hmm. the Australian Guinness Book of World Records, and then it was immediately never printed again. Right. Right. No high IQ. I mean, the guy's got some intelligence for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got some higher level of intelligence, I'll even say. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he's not the super genius judo champion, volleyball guru. Like, this guy no. is so weird. It's well, so no. weird. They like, did some investigative journalism, at least mm -hmm. in Seduced. Yep. So I'm looking forward to the last two. I think that'll be a good way to wrap that up. But Me too. Um, the nicer way to wrap it up is with, um, with Homeboy going to jail in a nice pretty bow. Oh, man, that would be fantastic. But you know my only fear about him going to jail? Not a fear, but I already see the writing on the wall. Like, he's going to get in there, he's a celebrity, and then he's going to start a cult in there. Hey. And all these people, like, I can use this tech, I can get people out of here, I'll show you how to be a lawyer. Don't well, rate me. you know what? You just don't, don't do anything gets you thrown into that same jail. It's just going to be a mess. <laughs> Everybody's going to get, he, you know, the only person getting branded is homeboy. He's not going to get away with that shit there. I hope it's not. not. He's not going to beautiful, yeah, no. He's, he's not going to beautiful mind himself out of uh, prison? Uh, or I was thinking, there was the wrong one. I was thinking dangerous minds. Like he just comes in there, throws the bookcase down and says, listen, everybody. <laughs> he's not Sean Penning himself out of no, bad boys no, in, uh, in, with a bunch of Coke cans and a, no, a pillowcase? I, <laughs> I don't think so. I think I, I homeboy, mean, yeah. I think people are going to just see through his shit a little bit and be like, 
you touch, you know, and, and, and the honest truth is you touch kids. He's done. Doesn't matter. And they you have, have them on sex with a minor, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, let, you let's hope that he has a welcome thing, committee. Yeah. He all I have to worry about is that he gets in out of a, out of solitary confinement long enough to get, you know, gets, well, get, get stabbed. Well, let's be clear. I don't want him dead. I don't either, but right. I'm just saying that's the only thing you have to worry about. And just constantly get beaten and harassed and, you know, beaten and harassed and, you know, the rest of it. And then he lives every time he lives. Yep. There's something to be said about that. <laughs> 120 years, though. Thank you, uh, justice system, for at least getting one of it right. They yeah, got a white yeah. guy for 120 yeah. years in jail. Now, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm glad. All right. So. Say her name. Ronna Taylor. Um, anyway. Let's, <laughs> George Floyd. Let's get the rest of these people. Um, so yeah. I'm going to take a quick aside cause I want us to go straight into an, um, a MeUndies ad right from there. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, I wanted to, I, I talked to you just a little bit about this, but, um, did you watch SNL this week? I started to watch SNL and I went, nope, nope, nope. I mean, nope. here's the thing. When, when Adele comes out on her monologue and says, oh, the reason I'm not doing, why aren't you the musical guest? Oh, I don't have an album. My album's not ready. Well, then just don't be on the show. You're not an actor. You're right. not a comedian. You're not funny. And by the way, you're not supposed to be. You're one of the more talented musicians in the world. Just do right. that. Right. This was, this was unwatchable to me. So I wouldn't say she looked this great, was though. the worst one that, that's been out there. She didn't do a ton. There's been worse this season even. Um, the one I'm showing you right now is called Africa. This is one that's actually caused a few problems online. All right. So the, the, the premise of this is these are two obviously white British uh, or at least uh, colonial uh, uh, divorcees. And they're talking about after getting divorced, moving to Africa um, because of the beautiful sandy beaches, the bamboo and the, they keep saying the word tribesmen. And as you say, they say the word tribesmen, there's these big, beautiful, tall black men walking behind them with these white girls. All right. Now this is SNL in 2020 Mm -hmm. uh, with a, 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 a black co-head writer and there's, I mean, and, and, and Adele who's married to a, a, a beautiful black man mm-hmm. or engaged to, mm-hmm. um, and this is the sketch they did. The part of the reason this got a lot of notoriety is because she can't stop herself from laughing through half of this because of the stuff Kate McKinnon's saying. It's just a very interesting choice in, in this time period to do. And I, I, I just, I, I want, I not knowing what the sketch is and not seeing it all. Like, I just wanted to bring it up because it does seem odd. Like, why would you make this sketch right now? And is it really that funny? Is that premise really all that interesting? And does it do anything for comedy or anybody else? Or are you just punching down in a, in a, in a thing like this? You're, you're, you're spitting down like from the top of the empire state building. You're like dropping a loogie. That's what that is. I mean, it's the lowest form of comedy and you have Kate McKinnon, who is by far one of the most genius comedic actors in the world, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and can do pretty much anything. I didn't even know she was a lesbian for five years. Right. You know what I mean? Like I was like, and not that she didn't come out or anything. I just don't pay attention. And I was like, right. she's just anyone. She yeah, can be she anyone. Can't, she actually came from a, 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 a gay sketch show on uh, uh, whatever that, that network was, but the, uh, yeah, whatever it was, but network, I just, the out network. Oh, that's really cool. Because for me, she was just a great artist that I was like, yep. okay. And I couldn't determine her sexuality by any way, shape or form from her characters. Cause she was that amazing. So this right. to me is like, why are you doing this? I mean, oh, wow. So white women are going to Africa to be with a black dude. I yeah. mean, like, that's not what the, what, why? I mean, why are you so I happy? What are you implying? I guess it goes from like being racist to objectifying people, but it's still an object, objectification and, exactly. and, and, and to a point of racism, you know, of this, like this privileged white class that comes to come down and sex it up with the brothers. It just seems, it, it seems wrong. To me, like I, it was an uncomfortable thing to watch, and I was trying to sit there and go, "Okay, Che, what, Michael Che, what are you thinking? Right, you're okay with this?" And Michael Che is so smart. It's like yeah. that guy is. And so I want to, I want to understand what's going through, you know, because he's one of the co, he's co-head writer of the. Is Colin Yost the other head writer? Yeah, Colin and Che are the. See, co-head Colin, writer. I just don't like because he's with Scarlett Johansson, and like, you know, how how can he's, you not be? Well, jealous? he's a Harvard guy. He's yeah. one of those it's like, like one super of those guys, smart like, and snotty. You, you just came out of the womb like, "Hi, I'm right. from Harvard." Right. Well, and, uh, there's, there, there's something to be said. There's two types of comedians that basically come out in the world. And generally it's the rich white guy, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, even uh, Robin Williams. These are right. white guys who had family with money so they could afford to become funny. 
Yes. And then there's people like Rock and Chappelle who used, you know, comedy as, and I, I don't mean to separate it by black and white. I, I'm doing this very much for this, the point. There's plenty of yeah. poor white comedians and plenty of rush, but like you, but you have this other kind of comedy that comes out of pain and it comes out of, out of like having to survive using comedy. And you just, you know, and that's where Jost, Jost is just like one of those guys like, <laughs> I made jokes about everybody when I was younger and I, right. I made fun of everybody and I was a bully kind of like that. Right. But Michael Shea, yeah. you know, I look at him like a really informed, smart, you know, overall funny and satirical guy mm-hmm. who if he's doing something, you can say, okay, there's, there's, a, there's a goodness to it, there's a rightness to it and it's probably on point. But listen to do stuff like that doesn't mean the people who are making it are racist in any way. It no. just means they made a misstep. Yeah. Well, it, it, but you Bad know, I just, choice of joke. I wonder, I just wonder where, like, but I do wonder to a point, and I'm sorry, I'm just messing with different. No, I like that views. actually. Please do that when you're talking. Right? Go. <laughs> um, you wonder about it sometimes just because there are different types of jokes that seem to like, like we, I feel like we should know better in certain things. Like mm. there's a difference between pushing the envelope one way and the other. Like, I don't know when, you know, when Chappelle does black, you know, the blind Klansman, the black mm. blind Klansman, there's a purpose to that joke. The race has an important part of it. It's, it's about, you know, crossing and you, you're making something with the special. Milkman joke. Yeah. But if you're doing the let's move to Africa and fuck black guys joke, like that's not a joke at, at a certain point. It's just a weird like decision that you don't necessarily need to make. Well, yeah, that's the thing. When Michael Shea's writing that joke and he goes like, okay, so how is this, you know, uh, directly affecting what we're satirizing in society today? Right. You know, are you saying that all these women who are going out with black men are doing this? Is that the statement you're making? Because I don't believe that to be true. And I don't think he does. No, I don't either. And I don't even know if Shea wrote that particular sketch. He just got to, you know, they sign off on it. Yeah. And so I just don't, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. Like maybe they thought, Hey, we're trying to be funny. We're trying to do this. It's just a, it was just one of those weird ones. I was like, okay, I guess. Here's my thing. I think it probably started like this. Oh, Adele's the host, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's not Donald Trump this time. I mean, Um, I'm not, I am not punching down on Adele. Again, one of the most talented people in the world. mm -hmm. And she looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, her nails, the tats, the weight loss. She looks so good and could not be more talented. Just don't, you know, I'm not trying to host a cooking show. Mm-mm. I can't cook. And you know what else I'm not going to do? I'm not going to go play baseball for the Dodgers. Mm. You know why? I suck. Because they, no, they're, they're already, they've got enough pitching. They're pitching but they, this is the exact metaphor. She is in the Dodgers. Or, you know, like Saturday Night Live is the king of comedy tricks. Yeah. If you're doing this you're playing for the Dodgers. Yeah. And you know what? No, Adele, you can sing for the Dodgers. She actually, I think she did better job. I mean, she's obviously not Chris Rock, but she did a better job acting than Chris did. Look, I'll give you that. (laughs) Look, you know, Chris Rock cannot act. Chris Rock, one of the funniest (laughs) men in America. I could watch his stand up. He says two lines. I am peeing my pants. Don't act. Yeah. Speaking of, if you peed your pants today, what What you should do. do you should change. You first should take a shower. Second of all, evaluate why you're peeing your pants. Maybe while you're in the shower. Don't and maybe take a little pee in the shower. Nobody's gonna be mad at you. Everybody does it. Everybody mm-hmm. does a little pee in the shower. Don't mm-hmm. don't be feel weird. But then dry yourself off. Clean out your little pee hole with a Q-tip or whatever you need to do to make sure it's nice and dry. And then put on some meundies and some meundie sweatpants. Yes. <laughs> The pee hole thing got you, didn't it? It did, yeah, because I was thinking to myself, is that what you do? Is that what you do? Are you cleaning stuff out with a, with a Q-tip? Because that Just seems a, dangerous. No. But that being said, I, after you did that, I could imagine nothing more comfy than a, a nice <laughs> pair of MeUndies, um, mm-hmm. the boxer briefs in my opinion, and, and, and sweatpants. And sweatpants. Yeah, and the right? nice sweatpants, they, they got that, there's a little patch even over the nether region that... Uh-huh. It's almost like an extra piece of that micromodal yeah. technology. And again, it's, it's, it's the beechwood trees, man. Sustainable beechwood <laughs> trees, right? Yeah. Pulp yarn. to yarn. Yeah. They take the beechwood tree. They don't hurt it. What, yeah. you need a test tip? Use a COVID-19. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great idea. I could do both <laughs> things at the same time. I'd be like, first, I evaluate why I'm peeing in myself. Two, I'm evaluating where I'm clean. Third, I'm swabbing it out. I'm making Did sure that I got those antibodies COVID. in there. Maybe, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listen, it's not a bad idea. That being said, though, still very, very comfortable afterwards. 
in the MeUndies. In the, and by the way, again, I keep saying this, but it's like MeUndies are amazing across the board, but the membership is yeah, oh, the way to it's go. Dope. It's Oh, is that what you're going to say? I just dope? say it's dope. It's dope. Okay, so. It's dope. And, and it's environmentally, not that it's just so comfortable for the nether regions. It's unisex nether regions. Yeah. Unisex. Yeah, unisex, all nethers. All nethers all are nethers. covered in the region. Yeah. And and do the monthly membership. It is good for the environment. You're saving beechwood trees. Yep. You're saving trees by buying MeUndies. MeUndies.com. Offer code STUCK and you get 15% off. That's MeUndies.com. Offer code STUCK and you'll, 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 you'll thank us. Your clean pants will thank us. You can you throw those other underwear or whatever you were wearing that you peed on. You can. Straight into a, in a barbecue. Straight Cook away. that. Burn it. Unless it's something that you can't really burn, but just get rid of it. You don't need that. No, you don't need that, that, that evidence. We're done. And we're done. Yeah, we're done. Me undies. Get it. And seriously, you will thank us. You will, will thank us. And just remember, if you hate them, you don't pay for them. Yeah, you can just send just them back. Tell them, no, you don't send them back even. You well, just say, I hated them. It. You just keep it. You keep it. Use it. You cut it into little strips. You use it to clean your pee hole out when you're out of Q-tips. Whatever you got to do with it. But you keep them. Please stop. All right, I'm done. All right, we're done with our with paying our bills today, folks. Thank you. And by the way, we're happy to pay our bills. We love the we love the people yes, who we do. sponsor us. Okay, Jason, shall we continue? Yeah. Let's continue. All right, you want me to jump or you got to yeah, jump? Your turn. Okay, so things I've watched, right? I watched Hellstrom. Okay, talk about Hellstrom for a little bit. This is a new Marvel-based show on Hulu, right? Okay, and that I do a- want to talk about Rebecca. Okay? okay, so we will get to that, but let's go Hellstrom first. Okay. Okay. Hellstrom, Hulu. I uh, never saw either of these actors, the lead, uh, woman or male. Uh, it's from the Marvel universe. Yes. Is this this is originally supposed to be tied into a ghost writer uh, show that they were making mm-hmm. um, that was a spinoff from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, right. So that's where this is kind of, this originally sort of kind of came from. But there's a book of Hellstrom? This is a comic book. Yes. 100%. Hellstrom is a comic Okay, so I imagine it was not that popular. Uh, here's the thing. It's, I have it, so I have three categories. Must watch, watch, and don't watch, okay? okay. Hellstrom for me lands evenly between watch and don't watch. Okay. People can, you know, listen, it's supernatural. They're, they're you know, exercising demons. There's all kinds of, you know, like little underground traps and skulls. And, you know, uh, it's filmed very dark. It's, uh, you know, she's very weirdly pretty. And he's very weirdly good looking. And, um, you know, the people around them are all hiding their secrets. Blah, blah, blah. The mother's possessed. Oh, it also reminded me of that show with the almost famous kid that was on Stars for a minute. Oh, the, the one where that was like they, they were traveling around exercising people? Yes, he was an exorcist. It's yep. basically that, but not as good. And they're trying to put a more like polishy, yep. you know, little like blue light under the gray spin on it. Got it. That one was made, that was uh, Kirkland, Kirkman helped make that one a uh, thing, the one that was on Stars. Yes, and that was and good. That, yeah, I, I enjoyed, actually enjoyed that, one. that. I was upset that it ended, but I, I also understood why. You know, there was, and, and Patrick Fugit, the, the, he is so good. He's just a natural. Right. So but, just and, to be clear, there yeah, was no Hellstrom show, but these are characters. These were part of the Dark Avengers and the Thunderbolts and something called Vampire Tales back in the 70s. Mm. But this has been around since then. It's these two people in particular um, were, uh, were part of that. Yeah, and there's like the Keeper and the Taker. And, you know, it's a lot of like cliched stuff. And, you know, again, I, I always like diversity, right? right? But here's the thing, man. You know, like, oh, and by the way, she's conveniently into girls. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, but she's a cool lesbian, you know, and she, she doesn't really have time. She wears leather and she, it's like, no, no. And, oh, and her, her, it's like, oh, and by the way, the guy she works that works for her, um, cause she deals in like, uh, deadly antiquities, uh-huh. uh, Genghis Khan's, uh, battle axe or whatever, right. you know, which again, could be an interesting storyline, but they make him like a, 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 a Gaijin. Right. And I'm like, oh, we'll have to get an Asian guy and he's gay. So it's right. like, listen, you know. I'm all for diversity, but not when it's forced into square right. holes or round pegs, you know, you get it. I get it. Now, again, that being said, 
I think there'll be people who really enjoy this, you know, who are just like, you know what, this is a good, like, turn my mind up. Look, honey, she's executing the, the, she, the she got the guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, what guy? Like, oh, you know, the guy, the guy, the one that was in the other guy's body, <laughs> like, you know, and then and you're like, oh, look, honey, now they're, they're, they're actually getting close to the brother and sister, even though they hate each other. That's kind of like me and my sister. You know, I mean, that's how they sound in my head. But there might be people who enjoy this. It was uh, very drab and not just looking. It was drab looking, by the way. And that's a bummer, too. I don't want to watch a show in the rain all the time. <laughs> it can't rain all the time. What movie is that from? I forget. That was mm, like don't a, ask me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, sorry, don't but I'm still, I don't know the answer to Jason. That's my but, job to you. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> so, so that is what I'll say about Hellstrom. And again, this is not to take away from the performances because the performances are as good oh, as they can the, be. That's from The Crow. Oh, why do I not know that? I wrote The Crow only like 19 well, times. Yeah, that was one of uh, his, that was, that, of was his catch, that was his catchphrase. And that's how he got the girl to Say remember it, it can't rain all the time. Oh, that's right. James O'Barr wrote that originally. Yeah. That's why it sounded so familiar. No, it's just the same. But it's, you know, no, in, no, in, in all in honesty, graphic, it, it lines out. It's a novel, that line. It lines out to the same, into Hellstrom, too. Like, it's that same dark, kind of de- demon-y kind of thing. Yeah, it's but it a, was good in The Crow. You know what I mean? Like, it, because you felt like you were in that world. And what's happening here in Hellstrom, they're teetering back and forth. So they're, like, in their dark world. But then they're also out in the regular world. And when you're in the regular world, it's still dark. It's like, let's let's either just stay in this hellhole or go out and let's see some broader scope and some brighter lights and, you know, give me a little wealth porn that doesn't make me want to slip my wrists. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Heck yeah. Right? I mean, she's super wealthy and, like, I, I don't feel like she's living super wealthy. <laughs> no. Like, you, you know, like, pulling away in her Mercedes Uber is not the case no. for me. You know, like, no. okay, so you played for uh, Uber Black. It's not. Yeah, that's more and more expensive. Yeah, I want to see the driver. Like Bill Murray in On the Rocks, which is superb. Uh-huh. He's got a driver. His name's Musto. He talks to him. You never see his face. It's fantastic. That's Sophia awesome. Coppola's best film since Lost in Translation. Yeah, you liked it? I thought it was, I, I, I thought it was going to be complete crap. And it was good. I, I didn't know it was out. I didn't realize it was actually out. Let's get it. We'll get into that in a yeah. little bit too. Okay. Um, real quick, uh, Macy, I think that um, there's a joke actually in that Huey Halloween where every girl dresses as Harley Quinn. That's like the, that was the only uh, funny thing. That was only everybody. It actually, fun fact: there was one of the anchor, the the weather girl in the scene uh, where they were in the news. That's a mm-hmm. real weather person in Massachusetts or wherever, and she did that. Sh- that got fired for uh, being in the movie. Oh, that's really cool that they put her in that. Then they put her in that. Well, she got fired for being in it, but also that they put her in. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought she wore it on air and got fired and then they put her in the movie doing no the same no she thing. got she got fired for just being in the movie at all it was a weird thing but um, Wait, why would they i have no idea that okay, was one we of need those... to find out about that because that seems very discriminatory yeah but also she wore the the harley quinn outfit i would say if i was gonna i don't know if there was gonna be good costumes you could do a queen's gambit one um you could do any like i think any of those costumes from um the umbrella academy would work uh Ooh. Ooh, you know, how about doom patrol or doom patrol absolutely you know, you could easily do the mummy guy, the invisible, you know. Right now yep. I can't I haven't watched this two seasons. I mean, girls could be Diane Guerra. Guerra. Yeah, absolutely. Two seconds. That'd be a good costume. Um also, um I'm trying to think. What else have we watched? Well, we've watched so like much. Like everything? Stuff. We've watched everything. <laughs> everything out there. Everything possible. So there's there's tons, but I'll, I'll, I'll think of some. So before before Halloween, I'll come up I'll I'll make you a deal. I'll come up with a good list of different things that we were watching. Um, and Ruth Bader I, Ginsburg. Yeah, that's that's what. Um, there's one of those things that um, uh, there's a big movement for women to wear pearls to the voting booth oh, on, for, on for voting RBG. day for RBG. Okay. All right. So that being said, should I get into something else, Let's or do should it. we finish with Hellstrom? So the, um, I don't think there's. I think that Hellstrom. Think we know. Yeah, we're done with Hellstrom. Yeah, we're done. Must it is watched, not watched. That that it, it's firmly in between the two. Um. If there's nothing else to watch, turn it on. See if you like it. Yeah. Oh, and the easiest costume to wear, just wear be Bill and Ted's kids. Um, that's <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> By the way, that's a good one. Okay, so um, should I jump into another one? Yes. All right. So I watched something else that I I loved, which was uh, on Netflix, the original movie with Army Hammer, and uh, I don't know who the lead woman is. It's called Rebecca. Uh huh. And it is, uh, you know, it, it it stars Lily James as Mrs. De Winter. She's Army great. Hammer as Maxim De Winter. 
Yes. And and you think it's going to be like a haunting. It's like this Mandalay manor. And I am positive, Jason, I, I don't know if you have time to look it up. I am almost positive that the place they shot this is the same exact place they shot the favorite. Really? The Tony McNamara one. Yeah, that same mansion. I wonder if you could look that up while I'm talking about this. So uh-huh. you, you think this movie, you know, it's it's this woman who's a lady's companion in like 1935 or 1938 Monte Carlo, who's uh, accompanying this older, rich American woman, meets this guy who's a widower in Monte Carlo, and she's a, you know, she's poor. She's uh, and, and they fall in love, and he marries her. It's like a princess story, and he whisks her back to Mandalay, which is this house that Louis VIII, uh, the Henry VIII, gave the family. That's how long it's been in the family. You find anything out there? Um, well, I know it was, it's been... Wayne Manor, Windsor Castle, Croft Manor, and now Mandalay. It's called the Hartfield House. I want or that the Hatfield house. house. I want that. Is it in London? It's in London, or outside of London. I mean, that house is. It is. So I wonder if Henry VIII did build it. Um, so, so that's the story in Mandalay, and the house is unbelievable in the way they get into the house. But you keep thinking, like, oh, is this a? Because he has this wife. She died under mysterious circumstances. He's been a wreck since, and this woman kind of brings him out. Again, and what you come to find out is the mystery of the plot, and none of it is haunting, none of it is supernatural, and really what it is, is it is this love story that kind of, it's it's one of the more unique original love stories I've seen, and it is twisted like hell, but it's also the real kind of epitome of like, if someone was like, what does ride or die mean to you? Right. <laughs> like, that's this woman. <laughs> she is ride or die for <laughs> Army Hammer. And at the end of this movie, man, it is so well earned. And you're like, wow, that is not at all what I expected. And so well done. That's so awesome. well done. And That's oh awesome. my God, Kristen Scott Thomas. Kristen, it's Kristen Scott Thomas. She is sinister, man. Yeah. yeah. And she's keeping a secret. And again, you think it's like, there's going to be this, oh, she cut herself. Oh, the figurines, there's blood. Nope. Nope. And they keep doing it to you. They keep thinking, you know, you're going to go down this other alley and it's like, nope, you're not. That's awesome. So do you want to know? I I just found this out. Okay. So, uh, this was, okay. So here, let me say this, uh, earlier, an earlier building on the site was the Royal Palace of Hatled, only part of which exists. Uh, the palace was the favorite of, uh, residents of Queen Elizabeth the first. Uh, and then, um, Queen, the Hatfield house, uh, Queen uh, King Edward's the eighth children, Edward the sixth, Queen Elizabeth the first spent their youth there. Um, their eldest daughter, Queen Mary the first, lived there between 1533 and 1536. Wow! Um, so it's it, it is basically old school awesome. Some movies Imagine that were the shot there in that hall. Yeah, uh, the hall and staircase were used in Greystoke. Um, it was Wayne Manor. The inside was Wayne Manor for Batman and Batman Returns. Uh, the outside for the Laura Croft Tomb Raider movies was there. Um, Shakespeare in Love used one of the halls. Uh, it was used in the Long Galleries used within Sherlock Holmes. Russell Brand used it as his house and Get Him to the Greek. Uh, Monster Shelf Australia used it. Pride and Prejudice of Zombies used it. Uh, the Favorite. Uh, the I house knew it was, was the featured extens- I knew it extensively was the favorite. in the Favorite. Um, Jonas Brothers used it for their music video Sucker. Uh, scenes that take care um, certain scenes from the 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 new uh, Shakespeare uh, or not Shakespeare uh, Sherlock Holmes show Anula Anula Holmes were there and the anteriors for the film Rebecca. Others include uh, Cromwell, um, also the Avengers, uh, the TV show <laughs> Avengers from um, like from the olden time or from like the seventies. Also Charlie <laughs> and the Cho- Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp V for Vendetta, Mordecai with Johnny Depp and Gwyneth Paltrow. Wow. I mean, that is, and really, and this is the first movie, like, I feel like where you're all the way inside the house. You get into both wings, you see the uh, blueprint, like, it is, I really was watching this movie like, oh my God, what must it be like, you know, like, to grow up like that and to have that house and to, I mean, I don't even know if you leave, like, how do you even go to London? It was, it's really worth watching. This is a, 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 a tremendous movie. And again, it's one of those things, Netflix, they just like, they, you know, they drop it. Like they did with uh, Project Power. Like, oh, here's one with Jamie Foxx and, uh, you yeah. know, that other guy. And like, here's a movie with Army Hammer. It's like, oh, just, there you go for your weekend. 
Well, that's doing good. I mean, it's it was a bigger weekend than I kind of expected for content. I kind of thought content was kind of over. And we are going to be seeing a little bit of a lag with series right now. This is kind of the time period where we're not going to see series. I'm going to call them series. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's been some really great stuff that came out this weekend. And um, yeah. What else? Well, um, I would I say the there, there's, an, the, there's another show that I was just started watching and I didn't get very far into, but I was curious if you saw it, saw anything about it. Grand Army. No, I haven't. Well, tell me about this. So I don't know enough about, I don't know a lot about it yet because I've only been watching the first episode, but it was really intriguing. It's like a, it's like a British, it's like a school uh, that gets locked down from a bomb threat. Hmm. Um, it Is starts it an American out, show or English? Yeah, it's a teen drama. Hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it basically starts out with these, you know, these kids in a Brooklyn high school and a forced lockdown. And, uh, you know, the first scene is like a girl trying to help another girl pull a condom out of that got stuck inside her during PE. Um, you don't see anything graphic, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just this scene in the bathroom where all these other kids are harassing them for like, cause it sounds like something else is going on in there. And then, um, what caught me was the uh, little preview. It had a little preview of this girl trying to help this other girl, like get her stuff back from these boys who threw it down a hallway and getting yelled at. It looks interesting. It's something I want to check out, but it's definitely like a Brooklyn teen, kind of thing but like a very much a you know it got really good reviews with rolling stone four stars grand out of army? five what grand, grand army grand army okay uh, you know what if i hear a few more th- good things about it from people i'll check it out yeah it, or if you watch it and you tell me you love it i'm definitely going to check it out yeah. i did watch two other things oh yeah what else they both sucked okay i hate to say it um the witches oh yeah i heard you're that boring. One was bad yeah boring. boring did you get I all mean, the way through it mm-mm. No, there's no getting all the way through that movie. By the way, I want to say it's Chris Rock. It's like <laughs> every, his voice, his fucking voice starts the narration. And he talks the whole movie. He is the little boy. Okay. And it is so dis, it, it is so jarring. Interesting choice. I mean, listen, Chris Rock is a, I don't know if you could be more famous than the guy, right? So it's, it's, it's like true. you have a fame quotient with the guy, but I... I Again, it's like it's like it's like Adele, you know, like let Chris Rock host Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, but even that, it would be better than Adele. I mean, he can't act, man. And it's and by the way, it's a problem for me with Fargo, right? And well, that's season. one of the reasons I was concerned about this Fargo season. Like he looks the part. Every picture I see in the coats, like they, they I'll give him that. I'll give you know. We talked to, uh, mm-hmm. we talked to um, costume designer, costume designer, and like she made him up. Oh, he looks right. fantastic. You know, the problem is Chris Rock is, I'm not saying Chris Rock couldn't kick my ass. I'm saying Chris Rock looks soft. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like the head of a criminal enterprise in 1950. And by the way, here's the other thing about Fargo. What I just realized, it's taking place in Missouri. Why the hell is it called Fargo now? See, I feel like this season went a little off course. Well, it's they're always a little bit outside of North Dakota. They've never, like, I feel like that that's part of the whole thing. It's just, it just, it's just code for Midwest. Okay, uh, well, you know, like, but Chris Rock's uh, a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it. I may destroy you. I haven't watched that yet, but I've heard good things. It just does. It's one of those ones. It feels like it's going to be work. It makes it feel like I'm going to cry a lot, but not like the good kind of cry. Okay. And then the big one I watched, so the witches I didn't even get, I got like, you know, two thirds through and I'm like, you know what? I just don't mm-hmm. care. And it's, it's very the way the, and, and with all the money and the effects and like, by the way, you know, what's a great movie. Do the movie about the guy who wrote the witches. The guy was a bombardier. The guy, I mean, oh, this Ronald, guy, Dahl, yeah, Ronald, Ronald Dahl. Ronald Dahl is the real deal. Do his life story. Yeah. That I want to watch. Okay. And I watched the undoing. Okay. And that one is what, who Nicole Kidman and David E. Kelly's new. Oh yeah. And on so HBO no, huh? Max, it is uh you're there is nothing that I care about. It's another murder mystery. He, David E. Kelly basically is like, how can I lift Big Little Lies and just have Nicole in this? And we'll do another murder in a rich area, except this time instead of the West Coast, it'll be Manhattan. And it'll be a bunch of rich white ladies in Manhattan mm-hmm. who have to deal with a younger, hotter mom who gets killed. Right. And this is, is Hugh Grant? And I thought Hugh Grant yes. was in this one. Hugh Grant is, is in this. It, Listen, he's Hugh Grant. It's painful, honestly, to watch. And, and not oh, that he's bad. It's just like he's not. First of all, all he keeps saying, his only line, it's like David E. Kelly. I don't believe David E. Kelly talks to Michelle Pfeiffer like, I don't care, you're hot. 
Like, you know, like, I don't think he's constantly saying you're hot to her. So, you know, again, I could avoid the undoing unless someone comes back to me and tells me, man, by the third episode, it gets so good. This is just a retread, a redo. And look, Nicole Kidman's always great to watch. You know, you're never going to be fully bored if she's on the screen. Her, her best movie? Aquaman 2. No, Aquaman. Who? Nicole no, not Kidman? really, but she, she's in it and she does the weirdest fight scene in the beginning, half nude with a trident. I think her best movie is Dead Calm. Uh, yeah, no, that is a great movie. That's really a good movie that she is. Yes, Mine and, and was Nicole a Kidman. I know, and Nicole Kidman. Also, Moulin Rouge made me cry. I listen. You know, and that's what I'm saying. You can always watch Nicole Kidman. It's it's just in this case, it's not up to the Nicole Kidman caliber. Got it. You know, I mean, Big Little Lies. She did something intense. Okay, so we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. But it was good to see everybody. Um, yes. I'm going to check it. I promise I'll check out uh, I May Destroy You, if, especially if there's no tears. Um, yes, uh, James and Giant Peach was Raul Dahl. Also, uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and Charlie in the Great Grass Elevator. Uh, he's an amazing writer and um, writes creepy things that make kids feel weird inside but also enjoy. Um, love him. Okay. Uh, all right. You got anything else you want to add? Excellent. Nope. <laughs> all right, everybody. Until our next episode, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Take care.